spend my dollar. It's not about what you want, it's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. Alabama wins! What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to a why hello old friend. Well, yes, I am down for a little JMB, of course. You know me edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Friends, Alabama's 56-7 to dismantling of MTSU is a game to be savored. It is an invitation to, to knowingly nod, this is why Saban had that grin plastered all over his face. This is a game in which we marinate. We don't splash around. So let's spend a few minutes doing just that on this holiday weekend. Let's start with offense like we do. Let's start with quarterbacks like we do. Alabama did play three quarterbacks. And more importantly, most importantly, three quarterbacks could play. Jalen Milrow clearly was the was the lead quarterback. Uh, he started, and I thought he played uh, fantastic. Uh, he went first, and I thought he looked like a star. Uh, under construction, but still, he looked like a star. His poise during the game, his poise after the game, uh, his interview after the game on the field uh, and in the media room, he just looked like an emerging star. Now, on the day, uh, Milrow was 13 of 18 passing uh, for a buck 94. He passed for three touchdowns. All three looked very good, very clean, and he rushed for two, uh, in which he certainly demonstrated his athletic ability. He had no turnovers and what appeared to be no near turnovers. Uh, he was just on top of his game. Jalen Milrow played very, very well. He had long passes, long touchdown passes to Isaiah Bond, 47 yards, uh, Jermaine Burton, 48 yards. Both of those passes sort of crossed the field looked very, very similar. And so there's a route package there that it looks like uh, Milrow is interested uh, are, are really comfortable throwing. So that uh, so that was interesting to watch. Uh, the nine block pass, I think, had very similar uh, movement in direction. It was 29 yards, but all three looked really, really good. And again, Milrow looked uh, like a leader, uh, very poised uh, behind center. Uh, there was a lull in the second quarter. Uh, that tends to happen. That's that's not unusual. But Jalen Milrow, so the, I, I think, sort of elevated the team to pull out of that uh, that morose. And there was a time uh, early in the third quarter. Where it did look like uh, Milroy Milroy was pressing the ball to Jacory Brooks and Brooks just coming out after for whatever reason it doesn't matter being sus- suspended the first half uh, not playing there seemed to be almost a nod where Milroy and perhaps the coaching staff was trying to give Brooks the ball and that led to some wonky uneven uh, passing uh, but that's nothing unusual it's nothing out uh, sort of outstanding or what I would call uh, necessarily problematic. I think they should have just rolled trying to get Brooks open in the offense rather than trying to force the ball to him. But uh, nonetheless, if that's the biggest sort of complaint we have, uh, I think we're very, very fortunate as Tide fans. Even sort of the bad snap uh, Milrow was able to pick up, his athleticism just almost immediately took over. Uh, As soon as he picked the ball up off the ground watching the game, I was like, he's going to do something with that. And it certainly did. He ran it in for a touchdown uh, which is more than what anyone should have reasonably expected. But we've had quarterbacks under center 
before when it's a bad snap like that. And my first instinct is always protect the ball, preserve the ball. If you lose the ball, you can't score with it. And, you know, we've talked about that in various times over the podcast over the years. And so we've had quarterbacks, uh, the tide is at quarterbacks back there where a low snap like that, where it looks like has to go sort of down, get the ball and, and the defender, uh, defenders are coming in. I'll sometimes just say, go down, go down, live to fight another play. It seemed that, that McCarron would do that a lot. And I would sort of root for that. Let's just go down. Let's preserve the play. Uh, let's not risk an injury. Let's not risk a, a turnover. Uh, and then Milro just very naturally picked it up and ran for a touchdown, just let his athleticism, uh, take over. And so there's a certain sort of floor that he raises, uh, with his athleticism. Now he, his ceiling and floor, they flex uh, perhaps more than other quarterbacks. But on Saturday, he looked very good, really raised his floor, and I thought raised his ceiling as well. Uh, again, he looked like a star and uh, under construction, but uh, certainly looked like uh, very, very capable of playing. Overall, I thought all the quarterbacks, uh, the other uh, Buckner and Simpson played, uh, not nearly as many snaps. I think that's a clear nod to, to Milrow. But again, they both looked capable of playing. And, and what is truly an interesting sort of development, all three quarterbacks ran for a touchdown. Uh, so that doesn't happen very often that uh, the three quarterbacks in a game will run for a touchdown, that Alabama has three quarterbacks that uh, you would necessarily want are running for a touchdown. And uh, we had more quarterbacks run for a touchdown than threw for a touchdown Wow, that's sort of a a surprising stat. Uh, Offense overall, Alabama was 10 of 13 on third downs. That is phenomenal, uh, folks. 10 of 13 uh, on third downs uh, is phenomenal. Alabama had 431 uh, total yards of offense. We love when that's over five because that's kind of sexy. But 431 scoring uh, 56 points uh, has quite enough appeal as it goes. Uh, Zero turnovers. Uh, had I bet on the number of turnovers, uh, I would have taken the, the over on like one and a half turnovers uh, for Alabama. And so that Alabama had zero turnover, turnovers for me personally was quite a surprise. I expected uh, there to be uh, uh, turnovers. Uh, and I thought of the 431, it was very, very balanced. Uh, 226 passing uh, versus 205 rushing and uh, no offensive penalties. Again, had there been an over under uh, I guess depending upon where you where you've set it, uh, but two and a half, three uh, offensive penalties. Yes, I would have taken the over on that all day. Uh, so the fact that there were zero uh, was quite a pleasant surprise. Let's run through the off- uh, offensive positions as we do. The offensive line, massive and physical. I think that stood out uh, watching the game. They're improving. The offensive line looked good and will improve. The offensive line looked better, uh, I thought, than maybe at any stage that it did last week. And this is, you know, first week opponent against MTSU. You could talk about the opponent. You could talk about whatever you could talk about. Uh, I thought the offensive line looked very, uh, I thought the offensive line looked good. Lots of room to improve, uh, but the just the massive size and the physicality could open up some additional running lanes. I'm not mad at, at any sort of growth opportunity the line has, but I thought it looked good first game out. Uh, it's improving. Uh, there's a starting true freshman at left at left tackle. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of growth opportunity there. I think we have four. I think the coaching staff chose four of the five right uh, players across the offensive line. 
last year, last season, it was only three of five that uh, that I thought that the coaching staff chose the right guys. Uh, Darian Dalcourt probably rotates out uh, for Terrence Ferguson at, at right guard. Uh, Dalcourt wasn't terrible, but he was not the best lineman on the field, and I think he had uh, the most opportunity, uh, or, or the Alabama line improves the most maybe as he rotates, rotates out. Uh, Terrence Ferguson played with the twos and seemed to play with a chip on his shoulder. I think that's something I'd like to see uh, at the right guard position with the starter. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, Seth McLaughlin, I like Seth at center. He does settle the line. Uh, let's get the right guard in there. And Seth needs to work on, for all that he brings to the table, Seth needs to work on his snaps. There was a bad snap to Milrow that went for a touchdown. Surprisingly, uh, there was a bad snap to Buckner that went for a first down. This is not a trick play. These are just athletic quarterbacks uh, sort of bailing out a situation. But Seth needs to work on his snaps. Uh, I think there were probably a couple other uh, snaps that weren't quite right. And so, and, and Seth has always had a sort of weakness there. So he truly, truly does need to work on that. Uh, the assignments, there were a couple of missed assignments, but across the board, I thought the offensive line acquitted themselves quite well. And certainly, certainly a lot of positives to build upon. Uh, Alabama played all five running backs. Uh, the younger guys appeared to be more talented. I don't know if that is truly because they are more talented, uh, although that's not an unsafe bet. Uh, it could be because the line, the, because the line got into a groove. It could also be because the, uh, MTSU defenders, uh, were a little tanked, a little gassed. Uh, either way, uh, there's tremendous amount of athleticism up and down the five, uh, running backs. Jamarian Miller missed a blitz pickup, which led to a sack. And so that's part of the reason that he's not a starter. Uh, but that's certainly coachable. That's cer- certainly something that uh, he can work on. Uh, it's not that he was out there and was too slow and tackled in the backfield. Uh, he missed a blitz pickup. We don't need that to happen. In fact, we need that not to happen uh, as Tide fans. But uh, that's certainly something Im- imminently coachable. Uh, and so we'll see how he progresses uh, into week two and certainly end of the season. I don't think any one particular running back was noteworthy. It was the freshman Justice Hayes with the with the longest run, uh, which looked good, but I don't think anyone back over the other separated them himself as the clear uh, bell cow of the group. I think it's going to be an ongoing competition and Alabama, the team and Alabama fans will certainly benefit by that competition because Holy geez, these uh, are incredibly talented running backs. And uh, so we get the best of the best uh, out of that position. That's going to be exciting to watch as the season unfolds. The wide receiver core was not nearly as disappointing as uh, maybe the expectation was going into the season. I hesitate to say that there were no drops, but I don't have a a recollection of a big, ugly, scary drop. Uh, And in fact, I was pretty pleased with what I saw uh, by the player uh, from the players on the field, Isaiah Bond uh, looked uh, again. He was the probably the number one back uh, or the number one receiver on this day. It'll be interesting to see how the number one assignment or designation sort of plays out. But Isaiah Bond had five catches, uh, leading all receivers for seventy-six yards. Again, leading all receivers, and then he had a forty-seven-yard uh, touchdown. Uh, which, again, was a nice sort of pitch-and-catch situation. Uh, Jermaine Burton seemed engaged the full game, which was really nice and maybe a question that existed last year. He had only had three catches, but three nice catches, uh, 62 yards, including a 48-yard touchdown. 
which was nice. Uh, Kobe Prentice, uh, Jalen Hale, and Malik Benson also caught passes, amongst others. Uh, Jalen Hale, true freshman, so it was fun to see him in action. He was targeted certainly a couple times. And so he might be an interesting player as the season unfolds to see uh, how his role uh, expands. Uh, always a big fan of Kobe Prentice. And Malik Benson is the JUCO transfer that uh, is highly heralded. And so it'll be interesting to see how he works into the receiver core as well now that we're here we are in the season. So a lot to look forward to from the wide receiver group. Nothing that was especially disappointing, uh, especially coming out of A-Day and some of the early uh, early reports from fall camps. Uh, the tight end update is brought to you by the number 12. Uh, the uh, 12 personnel grouping was just, uh, I know the, the, um, the announcers seemed to really pick up on that and spend a lot of time uh, talking about that. But Alabama, one back and, and two tight ends uh, was a predominant field uh, or, or personnel grouping uh, on the field. And uh, Alabama played a lot of tight ends in that uh, uh, in that. Uh, 12 personnel grouping uh, on the first possession. I didn't watch it this closely throughout the entirety of the game, but on Alabama's first possession, four different tight ends played uh, on the first position uh, possession. And interestingly enough, the fourth tight end of those four was CJ Dupree. And he only was in on uh, the last play, the touchdown uh, scoring play. So I thought that was uh, quite interesting. Uh, Alabama played six tight ends, uh, overall uh, in the game. And so that's basically the room, the entire tight end room. Saban in his uh, post-game uh, presser talked about the tight end group probably being uh, significantly more talented or, or at least more talented than it was last season. Uh, I certainly agree with that. And um, it was certainly uh, certainly fun to watch. Uh, Danny Lewis, interestingly enough, was uh, now there are two tight ends on the first place. So it's hard to say that one was the first one in. Uh, but Danny Lewis was the first one that I noticed watching on TV. Uh, we'll remember Danny Lewis as uh, Brian Kelly's dance partner uh, when LSU was recruiting him. And Nari, uh, Amari uh, Nyblack broke out in a way Saturday that Alabama fans had been sort of hoping and rooting for. Uh, he did have a big uh, – Amari did have a big play and, and touchdown last season, and that was really his only um, – other than you know, coming in maybe to, to block a little bit or – or run a couple of routes, but his only true sort of, I guess, delivery or success uh, was was really a singular uh, singular play last season. Uh, Amari replicated that uh, in fine fo- in fine form uh, Saturday. I believe it was a twenty five yard touchdown last year against what is it La Monroe. Uh, this year, uh, Amari has already pocketed a twenty nine yard touchdown against MTSU, and a two, he had two catches for twenty nine yards. He definitely looks like uh, we talked about the tight end being sort of a piece, uh, an effective sort of uh, uh, rook on the field. And I think Nyblock just is times two. Uh, there's a multiplier effect with uh, with his athleticism. So it's going to be interesting, uh, the tight end position. Again, Alabama has always run a lot of 12 personnel. There seemed to be more of that on uh, Saturday, and I think that's a nod uh, to getting Nyblock on the field. And so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, certainly exciting. Uh, exciting things to watch from the tight end position, uh, Alabama's tight end position. All right, let's flip the field to defense. And, uh, wow, a lot to like on uh, defense from Alabama. Uh, fast, efficient. Uh, the, the squad rallied to the ball. Uh, and overall was uh, pretty well stifling. 
Uh, Alabama held MTSU to six of 16 on third downs. There's a recipe here, right? Uh, there's a recipe to winning football games. And when your recipe calls for, uh, and I've lost my stat sheet, but when your recipe calls for, uh, uh, yeah, 16, uh, 13 of, of 16 third down conversions on, uh, on offense, and uh, on defense, when you hold an opponent to, to six of 16 on third down opponents, that's how you win games. Uh, Alabama defense held MTSU to a total of 211 yards, logged two turnovers, and the defense itself was deep. Lots of players uh, saw action, lots of players uh, contributing. So let's talk through uh, some of the, uh, the, uh, the positions and certainly those who contributed uh, or stood out to me at those positions. Uh, defensive line, uh, Tip of the cap to Jaheim Otis. Uh, he, you know, he's a cat that walked in uh, last last year, last recruiting class at Alabama, and was he tips the scales over 400 pounds. And Saturday against MTSU, you know, just just over a year later, a year and a half later, he's lining up at defensive end, weighing uh, just over uh, 308 pounds, uh, right at uh, you know just over three bills, and so lost a tremendous amount of weight. Uh, picked up a lot of athleticism, a lot of speed, light on his feet, and uh, even at that weight, and uh, lining up at the defensive end. Uh, I was surprised to see that. I was pleasantly surprised to see that. Uh, early in the game, we'll talk about DL just in general. Early in the game, Bama played uh, three defensive linemen while in a dime. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking last season. Uh, Alabama would sometimes play two and sometimes one defensive lineman. Uh, when it went to a dime package. And so going to uh, uh, playing a dime, but with three defensive linemen, I uh, was very pleased to see that. Now, there was another point in the game backed up deep in their own territory. Uh, MTSU faced a third and long, and Alabama did play one defensive lineman with five linebackers uh, and a dime personnel as well. So, uh, so I thought that was, and in fact, it would have been a nickel. Personnel, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, a lot of linebackers, uh, one DL. It's not something necessarily I want to see a lot of times uh, against SEC uh, personnel, uh, where they may well choose to, to take uh, take an opportunity running the ball. I think part of it is MTSU was outmatched, and I get you want to have light, quick athletes on the field on a third and long. I would go third and long above above ten, maybe uh, not a third and four, a third and five. Uh, I wouldn't want to take that many defensive linemen off the field. So that's going to be an interesting rotation to watch. I don't like it, although situationally I can understand it. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. I did like that uh, overall, though, uh, even though we rotated down, Alabama did rotate quite a number of defensive linemen on the field. That was fun to, uh, fun to watch. And uh, somebody needs to tap a towel uh, in the shower at Tim Smith and uh, sort of get his uh, hit his motor started. I'd like to see him play up to his potential, and uh, I'd like to see that over the next couple of weeks. So we'll see how that unfolds. Linebackers, as advertised. Uh, Deontay Lawson uh, clearly emerged as a star. I don't know that we predicted it with quite those words, but we did say Deontay Lawson hands down uh, the best inside linebacker that Alabama has. Uh, he recorded seven tackles, uh, a sack, and uh, two tackles for loss. Second coming of C.J. Mosley, I saw someone uh, uh, suggest, and uh, I do not uh, disagree with that. Kendrick Blackshire, number 40, is just imposing. Uh, he stripped the ball, uh, uh, receiver uh, made a catch, and uh, Kendrick Blackshire just 
took it away from them. And so that was, uh, that was, uh, an impressive turnover there. Outside linebackers, again, as advertised, uh, Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, Quadarius Robinson, and Kano Coot all participated in TFLs, tackles for losses, uh, and the additional outside linebackers played. Uh, we've talked emphatically about that being a talented group and, uh, quite another, uh, quite a number of players. Uh, that potentially have the opportunity to step in and contribute at uh, at that uh, capacity. So that'll be fun to see as it continues to develop. And I'm still bullish on Dallas Turner, you know, potentially being an All-America at the position and uh, being a uh, being an early draft round pick uh, if he elects to leave after the season. Defensive backs, again, another position that uh, I was pleased with their performance. Cooley McKinstry does, uh, you know, oh yeah things at one of the corner spots. And so that's certainly nice. Uh, Terry and Arnold looked really, really good. We've talked about when Cooley McKinstry is one of your corners, your other corner, and it doesn't matter nearly almost what their name is, they become a target. And so right from the beginning, uh, early in the game, uh, MTSU running the spread sort of passing offense, they took shots at Terry and Arnold. And Terry and Arnold acquitted himself quite well. Uh, Terry and Arnold acquitted himself quite uh, quite well. Five tackles, a TFL, pass deflection. Uh, and at one point, he demonstrated his versatility and slid into the star uh, when there were injuries uh, across the secondary. Uh, true freshman Caleb Downs. Whew, just take a moment and say this number two is a quite a quite a talented player. Uh, eight tackles, six solo, uh, one tackle for loss. He seemed to always be in position. There were a number of times where uh, another player in the secondary had the tackle, but Caleb was there. He was there sort of almost like backing up the play. So he knew where to be, uh, read the ball, got to the ball. Uh, there were often times, even if he wasn't in on the tackle, he was the second guy there. He was there to clean up if it were needed. Uh, and so that just uh, – uh, and I noticed that a couple of times such that I just – not really watching him, but just watching the game. I said, that number two is always in position. He's always sort of ready uh, to think that he's a true freshman. Quite impressive. Certainly one to watch. As an Alabama fan, uh, Caleb Downs is certainly one to watch. Uh, Jalen Key, uh, I thought he was very uh, uh, intuitive. He had an interception where uh, he just cut off the receiver, stepped right in front of him. Uh, he did have an injury, and I'm hopeful, and I've seen some unofficial uh, reports that uh, that he's going to be okay and back. Uh, he's certainly a talented player, and he's one of our uh, one of our portal players, and so it was good to see him step in and contribute. Uh, he started on the game, and so that's certainly uh, exciting as well. And so uh, hopefully, no no injury there. You know, there's a lot to like here uh, in the secondary, and so it's going to be fun to see how uh, this unfolds. But if someone doesn't mind swatting that injury bug away, uh, I think that's going to go a long ways to helping this Alabama team. All right, let's talk special teams a little bit. Reichert was 7-7 seven seven of PATs. He didn't have a field goal opportunity. I'm not mad at that. That's just Alabama scoring a lot of touchdowns. Uh, Reichert routinely put the kickoff in the end zone, uh, deep in the end zone. So I thought that was phenomenal. Very uh, pleased to see that. James Burnup had three punts. He averaged 46.3. He had a long of 53, and he had one inside the 20. Sign me up for that. I'll take that stat line every day. Only having three opportunities speaks to the proficiency of the offense, so that's nice too. Uh, but I like to see Burnup uh, continue to develop. I have not historically been a big fan of his, but 
if he puts up these numbers, then that's what he's here to do. Super excited uh, about that. Kool-Aid McKinstry returning punts. I'm over it. Uh, he had five with a long of uh, 33. He also drew two targeting flags. Not him personally, but as he was being tackled, uh, his tacklers drew uh, two targeting flags. One early in the game, and uh, uh, MTSU lost a, a player as a result. And then an, another later in the game, which seemed to be a, even a more physical hit that even looked more uh, targeting-ish than the first one, and that was not uh, that was not called uh, not rule targeting, uh, but certainly. Uh, McKinstry was no worse for the wear, and it looked like he left the game and went into uh, the tent at that time. And so I was afraid that maybe he had a concussion. Turns out that's not a fear, not a concern there. However, I'm kind of all over uh, over it about uh, McKinstry returning punts. I know he's incredibly athletic, but he's also sort of the franchise cornerback. I'd much rather have Kool-Aid uh, he's demonstrated what he, can, what he can do from as a punt returner standpoint uh, in the in the context of his pro career, and so just play uh, corner, be the best corner in college football. The pros know that you can return punts. That's fine. Let's find one of these youngsters and have them out there return punts. Uh, I'm okay with it. I just don't want to lose McKinstry to a punt return, uh, much like Alabama did Jackson, Eddie Jackson, a couple of years ago several years ago at this point, I guess. Uh, but uh, certainly something uh, that we don't want. Alabama returned one kickoff for uh, a loss of three yards. Uh, Law, uh, Kendrick Law returned the ball to the 23, and uh, they'll give it to you on the 25 just for writing your name on the test. All right, so what's up next for Alabama? Uh, Texas comes to town, and wow, does this promise to be a great game. Texas is talented and incredibly dangerous uh, offensively. I love, I absolutely love the test that this game poses for the Alabama defense. It's going to be a very, very exciting game, and I think it's. Uh, I think the defense is going to be uh, really the difference in the game for Alabama. Offense, uh, from an offensive perspective, if Alabama can just demonstrate incremental improvement, then that's all that's needed. That's all that's needed. I think Vegas has it at a, as a six, a six and a half. Six and a half. Uh, point margin uh, at this point in time. That's going to shift. That's going to move. That's going to move with the money. Uh, if you're asking me, I think this is a 27 to 16 uh, style ball game, uh, certainly with the good guys on top. All right. So let's go administratively. Let's go off the field uh, altogether and go administratively. And I'm sort of flipping some screens here. We haven't done this in a while and I've committed to doing this. Uh, going back and bringing some of the reviews, those that have left uh, five-star reviews, and I'm looking at the, um, the iTunes uh, store. Now, these are dated a little bit, but no less appreciative uh, are appreciated. And so I'm going to call out uh, a couple of the more recent, and then I'm, I'm going to say, hey, fan base, we need a new batch of, uh, of reviews and uh, not just the, the five-star ratings, but also reviews because they're a lot of fun and they help people find us. And so I'll, I'm going to go back a little bit because these are the most recent that we have. Uh, so again, we're looking for a, a fresh batch. But uh, Gumpy G uh, said, I was getting a little worried, uh, but uh, I should have faith. The team uh, position reviews are the best in the business. And uh, this is the only 
all caps, only podcast that I've seen that interviews experts for upcoming opponents. Each week, I know more about our team and uh, each week's opponent uh, than my family and friends. Love it. Keep it going. Fantastic. That's September 1 of 2022, so that's a while ago. Uh, but uh, he said, hey, Alabama Football Podcast is back for uh, the 22 season. Yes, and uh, we're back for the 23 season uh, as well. So we appreciate that, uh, uh, Gumby G. We do love the interviews, and uh, we love hearing that you do as well. Cal123W uh, said, great, uh, five-star, great podcast. This is about a day time frame uh, of, of 23, April 23. Uh, this podcast has been around for 13 years. Uh, which is a testament to their love and loyalty to Alabama football. You'll find the content insightful and shared in a way you won't find anywhere else. I've been listening for many years, and uh, it's one of my favorites. Thanks, Cal123. We so greatly appreciate uh, your loyalty and dedication to the podcast. This will be our 14th season, and I, wow, I just can't believe it. That's been uh, quite a run. So uh, so for good, good for us at the podcast, and great on you all uh, for listening. Uh, if we didn't have uh, sort of an active fan base, uh, we would have stopped doing this a long time ago. And so you guys keep us doing this, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we would love a fresh batch of reviews, and we love every bit of engagement that we get from our fan base. So uh, we really do appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Dr. J, uh, in our virtual tailgate, uh, we do uh, virtual tailgates uh, before every game. You have an opportunity to participate in that if you'd like. But uh, we pick uh, the upcoming game, and Dr. J uh, was closest in picking the score for the uh, MTSU game. Uh, he said 47-7. to 7. And so uh, we were 56 to 7. So we were certainly the closest there. So congratulations uh, to Dr. J. Doug will get the prize out to you and uh, we'll go from there. Podcast uh, support team. Uh, look, this is the best deal in the Alabama fan universe. Uh, it's $2 a month uh, with an opportunity for a 30 day uh, free trial, or it's $18 for the full, uh, for the full year, full calendar year uh, with the 45 day. Uh, trial. The running joke in our virtual tailgates and, and even a group of us that get together, which you have the opportunity. This is the gateway to all of that good stuff, joining the, the support team there. Uh, the running joke is that this is the most underpriced thing, uh, that I could double, triple, quadruple the pricing and, and still have as many uh, folks participating. That's probably true. I want a lot more people to participate. Uh, uh, and uh, so, hey, give it a whirl virtually for free. Uh, for a good significant piece of the season. And you tell me if this isn't uh, uh, certainly well worth it. We're recording this podcast on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the raw version is going to go out to this group on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I don't know when it'll download with Monday being on a holiday. It might be one. Um, Monday, it might be Tuesday or Wednesday before it actually gets out to the masses. Uh, you'll have it Sunday afternoon. The Texas interview is Tuesday night uh, due to the holiday. And it will post uh, to that group. The raw version will post Tuesday night as opposed to what it may end up being Wednesday or Thursday, uh, again, sort of given the holiday making for a short week. So it's worth it. If you like the content, it's worth just the early access for a couple of weeks for free. Uh, and then $2 a week during the season or $2 a month during the season, it's worth it just for the early, uh, uh, the early content release, I think. So give it a shot, head over to Alabama football podcast for uh podcast for the, for the sign up. And a lot of just supporting information there. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out Alabama at uh, Alabama football podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'll take on every one of those. In the meantime, as we do, roll tide. Happy Labor Day. 
in Margaritaville. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.